Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. And today is October 2nd. Today, Mercury went direct. So there we go. A little bit forward motion to review things once again. But today, we're talking about Pluto in Aquarius, power to communities or empowering the future, modernizing the world. And because Pluto, that regenerative planet of transformation, it impacts the world next March, leaving what we have been experiencing as earthbound Capricorn to enter the community-oriented, air-driven Aquarius. We had the Grand Conjunction just a couple of years ago. Now, a couple of years ago, in December of 2020, heralding in 200 years of air energy when Jupiter and Saturn connect exactly at the same degree every 20 years, but it will be in air. So this Pluto in air is going to have a significant impact, which we'll find out more about today because I have a wonderful guest, Eric Myers. He's an astrological counselor, teacher, lecturer, and author. And he holds an MA in Transpersonal Counseling Psychology from Naropa University in Boulder, Colorado. And Eric's is graduate, one of the many wonderful graduates of the Stephen Forrest Apprenticeship, if I could say the word, apprenticeship program. One of the leading evolutionary instructional teachers of our astrological community, Stephen Forrest. And Eric seeks to add to the growing field of evolutionary astrology. I'm, I, I admire and appreciate that energy myself as a fellow eclectic fan and holder of evolutionary astrology myself for soul growth. Eric has many books. He's written seven. They include Elements and Evolution, Uranus, The Constant of Change, the Astrology of Awakening series. And his most recent book, which he might talk a little bit about later on, is The Spiritual Dimension of the Beatles. It's quite interesting. I've heard a wonderful talk that Eric did with the Las Vegas NCGR chapter with Carol Dimitra for a while back. And my voice is going. So I think it's just time to say, hi, Eric. <laughs> hi, Sue. Thanks so much for having me. <clears throat> Oh, it's a wonderful treat. I know we've been talking back and forth. And finally, as Mercury opens the path, we get a chance to connect. So Pluto, Pluto in Aquarius, which has been long awaited. There's a big conjunction back in 65 that transformed and we're still talking about in the square back in 2012 to 15. But I know you have a lot to say, and whatever you'd like to begin, hmm. I'm <laughs> eager to hear. Yeah, well, 
you know, it doesn't move in until March. And then we've got that long transition when it retrogrades back to Capricorn a couple of times. So it doesn't fully enter Aquarius until around the 2024 election. But it's, uh, you know, Pluto goes direct um, only in uh, this month. We're now in October. So Pluto will go direct soon and then it will hit Aquarius um, in March. So that's uh, why I wanted to talk about this because, you know, I've been studying astrology since the 90s and out of any astrological kind of ingress, Pluto moving to Aquarius is the one that I've been most kind of anticipating and excited about for 20 something years. And we're almost there. So talking about the meaning of this one, um, and also I think we, we spoke about uh, also remarking on Uranus going to Gemini and Neptune going to Aries all within the next few years. We got big time collective shifts of consciousness that are going to be beginning soon. So there's many facets to Pluto and Aquarius. I, I know that we're going to touch on a few of them. Um, but I do think that we might start by remarking on this completion of Pluto and Capricorn, oh, which right. has been, you know, wrapping up, you know, since 2008. And the way I see that is, you know, the patriarchal value system, uh, the power consolidated with those in status or influence, and really the collapse of what I call domination consciousness. And that's what I believe we're seeing on the world stage right now in various ways. And all of this is to kind of clear the deck to empower, you know, Pluto empowers whatever it touches, a much more progressive modern um kind of time frame that we're moving into. So a lot of people that I've been consulting with or conversing with, you know, they are looking around saying, is this the way it's going to be now? You know, are we going to be in fascism and overturning women's rights of things that are, you know, very indicative of years ago? And my answer is, well, we're at the very end of cleaning that stuff up. So just be patient. We're almost there. But not everything's going to just change the moment Pluto gets to an Aquarius. It's really there for almost 20 years. So it's a time frame of development over a few decades. But it does commence soon. So I wanted to begin with, with those thoughts. Oh, thank you, Eric. That really introduces this whole epic adventure in thought because it's air. It is. It takes a while for air to connect with that form you know it's all in the imagination it's going to go back into well that's not I'm, I'm thinking of the outer planets because there's so many dynamics happening right now you know it's like one stepping stone with the next like we have this just as an immediate stepping stone there's the two degree solar eclipse coming up at the end of the month when libra and the libra star point exiting out uh, and, and I'm not trying to go too far off. I know I do kind of grab tangents to pull in together. So I apologize, but I'm just saying that in, in retrospect of what you've said, it's, it's a stepping stones. There's a pathway of little changes that are preparing us. That's what I'm saying before this March. 
ingress. Maybe we can see the slides for a moment, Nathan. Yeah, thanks. Okay, because here we have Pluto in Aquarius. So it's 18 and a half years near 20. And again, these are the exact times because it toggles. You know, these big orbits, they're slow moving and they will retrograde back. So there will be a period when it goes back into Capricorn and then it goes back into Aquarius and just the same when it exits. But but there you see it. It goes in for good around right after the election in 2024 and then it's going to stay there to 2043, which sounds like a very long time from now. It so does. This is, <laughs> so this is going to define you know, life on this planet for quite some time. And then after that, Pluto, of course, will go to Pisces for 20 years. So it's going to be in another transpersonal sign. So for many people, you know, this is the rest of our lives. Pluto will be in the two most spiritual or transpersonal signs, Aquarius or Pisces. So um, I think the central point that we should make here is that there's always a spectrum um, to any astrological placement or configuration. And so in my view, I don't look at anything as, quote, good or bad. Everything partners with the consciousness that we bring to it on a broad spectrum. So being clear about that spectrum of how we might interact with Pluto and Aquarius, I think is a good use of our time. Um, and so on the darker side of the spectrum, well, it's pretty creepy, actually, is the word that comes up when I think of the dark Pluto in Aquarius. And I'll give you a couple examples. Um, you know, Aquarius has a lot to do with technology. And, um, you know, the technological development is going to be quite empowered with Pluto and Aquarius. And then the darker Pluto facets of technology and the way it might shift life on this planet is probably going to be part of the mix. So what I'm getting at is, um, you know, people might have relationships with machines, with computer systems, robots. And I'm talking about like relationships, you know, they're not just intimate, be, right? Yeah. yeah. Not only are is technology going to be much more widespread, you know, you're going to be talking to technology to get a cheeseburger at McDonald's uh, more so than a person or stuff like that. But you know, what worries me most is the dehumanization of human mm -hmm. connection and feeling and intimacy. And this is the frightening dark side of Pluto and Aquarius. I think if people are having relationships with non-human, non-intimate things, it's going to create psychological disturbance and it's, it's going to not be healthy for many people. So that's one version. Now, another one is, you know, Aquarius can be the rebel, rogue behavior. You know, we have these lone gunmen that are shooting people up in shopping malls and stuff like that. Well, Pluto and Aquarius at the dark side is psychological snapping, you know, with people and rebellious, rogue, unpredictable, kind of untethered types of psychological trauma and lashing out is probably going to be there too. 
Yeah. And I might add when the heart isn't connected because it's that polarity point. I mean, it's not, it's not Aries, it's not Mars, but yet it is that disassociation of anything that has any affection in the sense because of numbness, because of the, yeah, the trauma. trauma. Yeah. And all of this, I just wanted to elaborate on that to support. Yeah. You know, unfortunately why. that type of thing, but then the point is breakthrough with Aquarius to be more involved with psychological integration and transformation, but things are going to come up just like you mentioned in the sixties to Uranus Pluto conjunction, that combination is very similar archetypally. And it does evoke things from the underworld Pluto in order to awaken things in order to work through it. But when we awaken things, we also might just be turbulent and play it out and have chaos with it. So these are things that are part of the mix. Um, there's many other um, things that could be but possible. You know, I appreciate all of this, Eric. And so to elaborate on some of your thoughts, to, to, to go ahead, it comes to mind that with a chaos, because you it is bringing, okay, thinking about the idea that after the two um, spiritually last two signs of Aquarius, it's intuitive of the collective consciousness, and then Pisces, which is the unconscious collective consciousness that has to do with powers greater, which is really both of them pushing us towards a spiritual alignment, which you're probably bringing up. But the point is, is that comes to mind is that chaos, what appears to be chaos, if we continue to apply the control over us, our singular energy working to that uh, outcome, then that's where the chaos seems to be effective, I think. Yes. Whereas if we align ourselves with a spiritual energy that we're co-creating and see the signs of energy happening, which is its own language that will shift in our, hopefully our culture, then it isn't so chaotic. There's just a new pattern forming. That's the point, is Mm -hmm. to um, radically realign culture, groups, communities, um, to be more interconnected and uh, empowered in a much more spiritually progressive way. Um, That's the point. And and what I was going to mention is, you know, we got to be aware of the darker points of uh, possibility, but talk more about the potential, the possibility, the purpose of this is where I want to focus most of our time. Um, But just another uh, possibility on the dark side is, you know, groups, uh, cult-like behavior, you know, group think, you know, um, just the blindness of social conformity, um, which is the paradoxical other side of individuation, which is the point of Pluto and Aquarius. And then when we're more individuated, connecting as a world family, you know, Mm -hmm. everyone bringing their unique contributions and having interconnectedness um, would be more the promise. So it's going to be all over the spectrum, like any astrological signature might be. But, um, but yes, so let's talk more about uh, what the purpose and the possibilities are. I appreciate and 
But I love all of this. I love the words that you're saying, world family. So often we said family of mankind, but world family. Oh, that's a great coinage. And also the promise. However, I am aware that of the a spectrum, as you call it, and that's a good way of putting it because there's good, bad, and ugly. There was a great movie about that, and it's true. I mean, it's like you look at all the old archetypes. If it's Kali, the Hindu Indian Kali of of destruction and creativity, create, destroy, create, destroy. It's part of life. You know, the leaves fall down, they make compost, the seeds come up. So it's something to be aware of, and I think that. So I'll be interested in hearing the promise because I think, wouldn't it, in my own thinking, it really does require the idea of heart, the heart to align. But anyway, I'll ideally, yeah. Ahead. I mean, I would say that at the very top of the list of the purpose and the potential is again, Pluto empowers whatever it touches, and astrology itself is in my view aquarian metaphysics things that are transpersonal things that we might put in the bucket of being non-conventional or non-traditional uh, alternative things um, the reformation of society in a much more progressive way um, young people um, i've got a son who was born in 1999 and his generation has Uranus and Neptune in Pluto, all of those people, um, a whole generation, they're all going to have Pluto coming to hit their Uranus and Neptune uh, over this time frame. And young people, you know, are massively progressive relative to the older guard, so to speak, that is falling away. And so you're going to see a massive demographic shift in a progressive direction. You know, young people are so much more pro-gay marriage or legalization of marijuana or many other more uh, progressive types of tendencies or issues. You know, more or less, you know, a lot of Bernie followers, so to speak. And, uh, and the empowerment of this cohort, and they're going to come of age and they are going to be uh, very visible and active and their political and cultural presence is going to be profound and they're going to infiltrate all areas of society. And we're going to have a shift into a far more, you know, language is slippery, but call it progressive, if you will, type of uh, mindset that's going to be out there. And so things like astrology or anything at a metaphysical fair are going to be even less Fringe. They're going to be much more integrated into society. Now, furthermore, when you talk about Uranus going into Gemini, trying this, we have a complete revolution of thought going on here. So one of the things that I'm most excited about with this kind of collaboration is a return to sophistication or complexity or, or nuance. One of the things that has really mm. uh, kind of turned me off in recent times is the simplification 
of things, pop astrology or pop psychology or people reading a Facebook post and thinking they're expert on something. Um, I think we're going to have a lot more nuance, a lot more um, intellectual uh, sophistication where um, it's going to be in vogue to go deep again and be a little bit more nerdy. Mm. Things. Oh, I like it. Yeah, me too. And so that's the way I've written my books and governed my career is knowing that this is coming and not dumbing down or selling out, but bringing in more layers to things, more nuance, more uh, complexity to the way we understand things, including astrology, um, which I'm excited about um, is one thing. So just a proliferation of almost like a renaissance time of thought of Mm. questioning reality, the way it's been presented, questioning the patriarchal value system or the dominant view on things and really seeing things from multiple perspectives, different lenses, more cultural assimilation and integration from different people um, is really an exciting proposition to see potentially unfold. Diversity, it's very uh, strong, as you mentioned, with having this outer planet, Uranus, of sudden changes going into its Gemini, which because astrology also thinks of Mercury and Uranus as connected, you know, that one is another strata or uh, higher spectrum. Um, octave, it's often called that because octaves are equal, but one's a higher or lower. One maybe connects more inner with the Mercury of our daily. Of course, Mercury, Hermes, also connects the spirit of matter and spirit because of the whole mythology going back to Castor and Pollock. So really, it's going to be a powerful time. And as you mentioned, too, always very strong with upcoming generations. You know, it's a constant river of of, of unity between people. Yeah, and I, and I want to mention, before we get ahead of ourselves, is Uranus mm-hmm. still in Taurus. And um, yes, that's I true. will say this, that... Um, you know, Uranus and Taurus has been a very valuable teacher for me personally, because what the, the central thing that I've learned with Uranus and Taurus, because I'm pretty mental sometimes and philosophical, is that when we are embodied, when we bring the energy down into mm. the physical, into the embodiment, then we kind of secure ourselves in order to be receptive to other dimensions. So while Uranus is still in Taurus for a couple more years, my recommendation is to continue the embodiment practices, being a physical being and not doing the flight into, you know, uh, into the mind because when Uranus gets to Gemini, it's going to be crackling up there and it's going to be potentially ungrounded and overly stimulating. So now is the time to stay grounded, to be embodied. And the more we can anchor things now, the more we're going to be conduits for all of this air, electrical, jazzy stimulation of Uranus and Gemini, trine, Pluto and Aquarius, which will be going on for years. We're talking 
tightly trying for at least eight, nine years, which, and I think you have a slide about that. I do. We could bring that up, I guess, Nathan. Thank you. Here, so we go, there's an aspect, thank you, we got it right on target here, between this year. Well, that's just and, Neptune. Yeah, well, Uranus and Neptune together. Uh so did we want to go ahead to the next one, Uranus and Gemini? But still, what comes to mind is, let's see, there was so much that came to mind. Oh, I know, the embodiment. You know, we are a spirit embodied in a, embodied. And it, for the purpose of all the great tools that this body has, which is emotional, which is uh, creates a story and the dimension and the experience of everything we have. And it is for those of us. I mean, I am also pretty air bound and can get abstract, but that very much reminds me about what all of this is about, that we've had all this earth based for 200 years with the grand conjunction, which has been very important. We've had technology that's advanced our capabilities connecting around the world and improving ideally everything's ideal to some extent on the positive side think uh life quality as far as health and and leisure or just basic needs accessibility all that when you think of everything from the steam engine to the printing press to <laughs> trains and planes and etc but on the other hand, it, it because <coughs> oh, Gesundheit, I'm with a my partner here. <laughs> That's all right. Um, that was a good accent thought, right? So here we are with thought. How do you ground that? It's true. How do you make form out of it? So it's it's a good challenge. It's it's a good memory. Yeah, I was noting you. I think you might have had. Slides. <coughs> around Pluto and Aquarius is, we have the Neptune slides up now, but it's okay. Well, let's see, did you want to look at the next, we have just about a minute or so. Did uh, This is Pluto and Aquarius and what were you just saying? Okay, here, oh, I'm at the end. No, what happened here? Okay, nothing like technology, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll get it. So there is all of this. It's exact in about three years. So then we'll really get the whole experience, but we'll get these little steps in between and there'll be some kind of a um, energy. This is. Well, well, the point is that when we bring in Neptune is Neptune moves to Aries and it will be sextile both Uranus and Gemini and Pluto and Aquarius to make this really cool looking triangle in the sky. And that will be operable for several years as well. So it's really complicated with all of these factors because you have all three outer planets all moving into a new sign around the same time and all in aspect to each other. So that brings in, and maybe after the break, uh, we'll, we'll say a few things about Neptune and Aries, which is also really incredible and exciting and part of the mix as well. Um, the so- Aries point, yes, rebooting is so much from Pisces. It's, it's going to be extraordinary. Well, thank you, Eric. This has really begun to be a, a great 
introduction into the future, back to the future, as we might say, is a great movie. <laughs> and I'm with Eric Myers and his, uh, uh, you, his soul, what is your URL? Please tell us. Soul Vision Consulting. Yes, thank you. Soul Vision, that's without an S, Vision Consultant. And we'll be right back. It is October 2nd, and we're talking about Pluto and Aquarius with these big outer planets, Neptune and Uranus. Lots happening, always. Thank you. We'll be right back. While we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. We are currently in the Yang period of Libra, ruled duly by Venus. By leaving the lower hemisphere of the self, the energy of Libra enters the arena where the completed self meets the other-than-self to form a relationship based on partnership. As a cardinal air sign on the descendant angle, represented by the equinox of equal light, Libra's energy learns through comparison and relationships, with the intention to integrate duality and polarities. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to the Ananda Institute of Living Yoga, we cover the world of animals. This week, it's best bioenergetic synchronization technique, neuroenergetic balancing, Rasmussen Reset, and Energy Code Sunday. That means Dr. Nels and his sister Linda Rasmussen will join us in the studio. Together, they can help you or your animal friends with emotional, behavioral, and physical problems. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Talk Cosmos is celebrating its sixth season and has a special gift for everyone listening to the show. A free mini transit reading from your natal chart. This reading can help you discover your life path forward and make you aware of current opportunities and challenges. Talk Cosmos Kaleidoscope Visions panel invites you to participate in this learning experience and to interact with the astrologers reading your chart in 2023 during the monthly Kaleidoscope Visions show. To schedule your mini transit reading, send the show an email at info at talkcosmos.com and find more information about the panel at talkcosmos.com. We look forward to connecting with you for a free natal chart mini transit reading with the Kaleidoscope Visions panel, scheduled every fourth Thursday of the month at 1 p.m. Pacific on Talk Cosmos. Bored with the other stations? Hammering away on the same old talking points? Try Alternative Talk 1150 and get some variety. 
I love that. Well, hello, Eric, once again. And I guess before we begin, we talked about a little bit, what's your favorite book that you've written and what would you like to remind people about? Well, I mean... Um, if that's an this, apt question. <laughs> well, the, the Beatles project that I completed last year, you know, was such a unbelievable immersion into that um, material for four and a half to five years. And it's the largest book mm-hmm. I I've written. It's um, it's 500 pages and it kind of consumed my life and my consciousness for, um, for many years. So if there are Beatles fans, um, that is an extremely comprehensive dive into not only who they are, but their message. Um, you know, there's a lot of things going on that I illustrate from beyond that I believe there are conduits and the astrology points out what that might be. So my view is that what they did was more incredible, um, more meaningful, more of channeling from other sources than people might realize. Um, so I had a lot of fun writing the Beatles book because it's completely different than my other books that were more kind of just astrology books on Uranus, on the elements, astrology of awakening is what I call uh, my approach, and um, which is fun too, and those are are valuable. Um, but the Beatles book is my freshest, most recent book, and you know it is. Uh, it was just a lot of fun. Well, and so yeah, thank you. You know, I find this very appropriate because tying it in, which I love to do, find a pattern. But what an inspiration! It's passionate inspiration commenting on this upcoming trine. I mean, in other words, we have the conjunction. I mean, it's a 200 and so it's a long, long cycle, 200 years of Uranus and Pluto. And so we had the conjunction back in the 60s, mid 60s. And then we had the square and now we have this upcoming trine coming. So the fact that you took this message that really has seeds, which I agree with you a hundred percent having lived through the Beatles myself. <laughs> it's very, very instrumental in my whole upbringing as a person. I mean, the Beatles, interestingly, I thought growing up with them was like, what's the next message? That was it. It was like, it wasn't just music, but what are we being told now? You know? And it was like this pathway that we were going on. And in fact, all the different songwriters, there were so many songwriters back then and they would trade off with other songs and it's speaking of Uranus and Taurus, that's very musical. So this is another way to, to connect. And of course, with Neptune and Pisces still very musical. So listening to the music helps. Yeah, that's the point you made that uh, they were um, during the conjunction of the 60s. And my view is they really defined that event um, in the book. Um, that conjunction is the centerpiece of the whole story. And um, the whole book is framed around the applying, the exactitude, and then the separating of Uranus and Pluto. And the whole Beatles story is really unfolding 10 degrees applying, exact in the mid-60s, and then 10 degrees separating, which bookends their career. From 1961, when they met Brian Epstein, is when 10 degrees applying, 
and then 10 degrees separating was May of 1970 when it became public that they break up. And so one of the things that it's very important for people to understand is with, especially with the outer planets, you have to look at the applying and separating phases, even 10 degree orb for that conjunction. You might want to go a little bit, you know, smaller for the trine if you wish and fine, make it eight degrees if, if that's what you want. But even eight degrees applying for the trine, trust me, is more than relevant. It's completely Absolutely. And then eight degrees separating after they're exact. So we're really looking at a long period of time here, you know, Mm -hmm. pretty much nine years or so that the Uranus-Pluto trine is going to be in effect. So um, it is so um, long in duration that it's going to influence society for so many years um, that it's it's best not to look at um, as just an event or, you know, when it's peaking. Uh, you really miss the evolutionary, you know, spirit or and, journey. You know, this reminds me, too, talking about cultural renaissance and that it's the ideology of shifting from Again, the finite, which we see in a form, we can see it, we can touch it, is material, that material form that we're in that huge transition to the process. You know, in, it's it's really another, what you're saying is, it, and I agree, I think as a culture, we'll, we'll start realizing the, the steps involved. I mean, just looking at our last couple of years, I feel like often we're all immigrants. We're immigrants having left one established culture that people took for granted one way or the other way, whether it was good, bad, or however you were figured into it. And now we're transforming and transitioning and really getting back to the shadow part, which is always possible. I mean, we often, I think, astrology, life, People have got caught up with one facet of anything, but it is. I love your idea of spectrum. It's all of it. It's like, it's not entirely good. And even so, there may be a little bit of blending there. To me, you know, the interaction with consciousness is what makes it a reality. So it's whatever we bring to it. So if we're collectively going to be on the brighter side, then it will be bright. If we're not, then it won't be. It's up to us, not the astrology is my view, um, which also can bring mm. us now to Neptune and Aries, which will be sextile, both of them, which is all about Neptune, about becoming more conscious and more spiritual or more um, awake or something. Uh, you know, language is always slippery with Neptune, um, but the idea of, of elevating into, uh, you know, things that are inspired, the imagination, dreams, uh, different layers of consciousness. So to me, when anything reaches Aries, it's ready to be reborn anew. So Neptune getting to Aries is a return to spirituality that might be more relevant for the current time, 2025, is when Neptune gets to Aries. So, so much of our spirituality 
uh, in many ways, rightfully so, has been influenced by spiritual traditions or religions or things from yesteryear. And preserving what is resonant and relevant, of course, but also Neptune and Aries might be to redefine what we mean by spirituality and redefining how an individual Aries might embody their own spirituality rather than subscribing to some kind of external conditioned religion or somebody else's ideas or what have you. What does spirituality mean to you individually? And how can we individuate in ways that are being informed from within rather than conditioned from outside of us? And so there's really an impetus for taking responsibility of our own spiritual path, Neptune and Aries, and thinking for ourselves, Uranus in Gemini, and reestablishing communities, Pluto in uh, Aquarius, based on this revolution where it's not so influenced by religions or patriarchy or what have you. So we're at the very end of our psychological entrenchment in traditions, Pluto and Capricorn. And I believe we're becoming more liberated from that to actually trust our own guidance and intuition and experience and create new communities and new perspectives and new ideas based on this revolution. It's the internal versus the external that I'm hearing you speak because it has been important for us evolving as we have over the millions of years, thousands of years, but essentially, yes, a great point. And you know what brings to mind is that Aries, of course, is a ruled by a personal planet, Mars, and Gemini will be ruled by Mercury, which is also an inner planet. So we have two inner planets really working with us to make it individual, to make it, as you say, the the internal to look within or for this uh, new community, which it doesn't necessarily, you know, using that language, it's more self-directed, individuated. Like I am more of a free agent rather than I need to subscribe to this or that paradigm or religion or teachings from whatever. Um, You know, the idea that truth is relative, that everyone has their own chart, their own consciousness. We're basically all in the theater of our own soul work. And and just the idea that it's up to the individual to take full responsibility for their spiritual path and health. And so other things externally, of course, can be a guide. They can be brought in when relevant, but ultimately it's up to each of us individually. So that's the question of of Neptune and Aries is how are you going to take charge and live your own path that doesn't necessarily need to subscribe or conform to what anyone else is doing in any way, shape or form. And Pluto right now can help with that because it is in Capricorn. And the words that I'm hearing is deconditioning, always deconditioning that part of ourself that is listening to other voices, other messages inside to align ourselves with externally, instead of that inner sense of truth as you're. And then I also would be irresponsible if I didn't mention 
that yes, there can be the mismanagement of this and people might be lost and confused. And if it's up to me and I don't know what the heck I'm doing and, you know, Uranus and Gemini, Gemini could be confusion. Uh, Neptune and Aries can be, I don't know what the heck to do with my life. You know, I don't know what it means to be on my own spiritual path. And so that's part of the work is to figure these things out, but there can be uh, confusion, misguided uh, types of things, uh, or people just throwing it all out the window and saying the heck with any of this. And that could be another version of finding many versions, many options. Yeah. So it can come many, many ways. So, um, you know, at this will, yeah, at this point of, of my path, I'm not naive to think that everything is going to be kumbaya, this wonderful spiritual village. No, not necessarily. It's the work to get there, meaning we're going to need to confront all of the mismanagements and egoic things and traps of cults or, you know, misguided teachers. I mean, it's all going to be part of it. But the potential to have a cultural renaissance yep. is there. Whether or not we ascend to that possibility is completely up to us. Yep. Jupiter potential. And Jupiter goes once a year around a different sign. It's going to make different energies all the time. It's so true. And another word that comes to mind is accountability. Because Capricorn, I mean, there's some advantages right now becoming aware that there's like a new assignment ahead of us that, 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 that's working in progress right now through some, you know, energetic ways. And what it, it what is it to be accountable, which is a very Capricorn thing of our own actions to take responsibility so that we can recognize what we need to want to shift or change or what we've been listening to that hasn't been working for us. I mean, it's all, I mean, bringing it back home again. Yeah, that's, I I like your full spectrum view. And thank you, Nathan. I think we've had our, our fill of, of, of the, uh, um, yes, thank you. So I'm back with Eric again, full screen for those that are on YouTube, because we are a podcast and we are on YouTube. And of course, for those people in Seattle area on the radio, or if you're online, but this, I'm speaking with Eric Myers right now on about Pluto in Aquarius, Uranus and Neptune as they go into their outer. Anyway, go ahead, Eric. (laughs) Well, I mean, some other things to mention is, um, you know, with Uranus and Gemini, you know, it's such a, um, a signature of, of new developments. Um, Just the, uh, with your with Pluto and Aquarius, I mean, it it the the possibilities here is kind of like the 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 Jetsons compared to the Flintstones kind of idea. I mean, who knows what's going to be rolling off the assembly lines and refashioning uh, the society and culture we're living in. I mean, by the end of of this time frame, you know, the way that we exist on this planet is likely going to be very different. And so mm. it's impossible and even, I think, naive to try to predict it. I don't engage in predictions. I just look at what the themes are rather than trying to speculate exactly how it might be minutely. There's mid. two technological changes that I'm considering will occur because they've been in the news over 
one my entire lifetime. And the other one, though, is about holograms. It seems to me that instead of just getting on a phone, like here I am talking with you, that I will actually see you sitting in the chair over here and you'll see me sitting in the chair. It won't be the real person, but it'll be this hologram, which is going to change our whole concept of really it gets back into the nep the Neptune and the Uranus of realities of of shifting in this whole consciousness yeah that's that's exactly what i'm talking about is things right. that we called science fiction are much more we've seen some of that already in the last you know couple decades things that when i was a kid in the 70s and 80s we talked about um you know down the down the road and nowadays we have you know cell phones and and computer screens and video talking we didn't have that you know, in the 20th century. So some of that's here, but it's going to, the point is, is that it's going to exponentially um, increase yes. um, and in ways that we can't fathom. Um, and so science fiction is going to be our reality. Absolutely. The other one that I've been wondering about that supposedly has been coming, you've seen in the news, are these little, like when you say the Jetsons, you know, from way back, you put little belts on you up in the air and you fly somewhere. <laughs> you know? I can see millions of people flying around like, hmm. Yeah. And it's going to be exciting to see. And then, of course, like we were saying, is that too much acceleration too quickly Yes. can destabilize people and create uncertainty and a certain degree of um, perhaps even psychological um, trauma where people might be alienated and they can't keep up. We're seeing that already where there's a lot of resistance to yeah. uh, modernization in some, in some ways. And so, you know, it's kind of like fasten your seatbelt. We're going to be accelerating in a very dramatic way. And so we need to be ready for that. And I think out of all of this, what's powerful to consider without really knowing how, but this idea of community, because it's networking and Aquarius is a group. Now that can be on the shadow side, an elitist group, my little inside group and nobody else, or it can expand out, you know, to be like the world of, what did you begin this with? The world of, of, of the world of people, you know, the world of humanity, which I like very much. And so it is a matter of acceptance. It's a matter of really, I think, reframing community to be, if we're involved in this holistic sense where we have heart, because you're right, the alienation is what, because we don't understand perhaps that, just because my body ends, my spirit doesn't end. You know, we can connect. There's many ways that there's a connection. And it's a matter of teaching. It's a matter of experience. It's a matter of outreach. It's, it's so many things. It could, And be also exciting. with Pluto, it could be a lot of the challenges to get there. For instance, one thing that comes mm -hmm. up is, you know, a lot of people have been, myself included to some degree, you know, uh, dissatisfied or alienated by social media. And, you know, all the ads on there and all of the algorithms and just the things that are a nuisance. Oh, yeah. So Pluto, we're going to have to work through challenges to come together and create meaningful uh, interconnectedness and community. There could be blockages. There could be, you know, issues to hammer out. I mean, another one is having everything online and we're all on, 
you know, screens um, rather than having the depth and substance of actual togetherness. Obviously, that is one of them. And so these are things that are going to be managed. Um, But ultimately, the promise is the regeneration of true togetherness. So having COVID happen, which brought a lot of alienation and disconnection right before this time frame, people are ready for the regeneration into contact with communities, with gathering, with assembling, with like-minded folk and being part of oneness. So there is the promise of that rejuvenation with Pluto and Aquarius, where we actually can feel meaningful participation uh, with others. Regeneration, renaissance, meaningfulness, those are all ringing loud as idealisms. I really adhere to that because I agree. It is really, we create our own fate. We're masters of our own fate, how we see things and our perspective. And it's important not to bypass the what needs the pebbles or the rocks in the way that might, we might stumble across, that's all, maybe build them in a better fashion. And I'm speaking symbolically. But to, to remember the potential that's always here because it is refabricating new connections and, and letting people be different, letting them have their whatever it might be, whether it's just how they look or how they think or how they practice their, their, their religion. Exactly. The whole other thing is, is that, and that's what's up a lot right now is tolerating different orientations or um, different lifestyle things, or just the young people these days are radically different consciousness than we have with, with some of the older generations. Right. Um, and Mainstream. It's going to be a lot more mainstream. Um, you know, when I was, uh, I'm not that old, you know, I was born in 1971. But when I was growing up in school, um, at that time in mainly the 80s, nobody would admit to having an alternative, you know, inclination publicly. It was unheard of that uh, someone would would uh, represent themselves in such a way. And now it's everywhere. It's totally, you know, no big deal uh, at all. Um, And there has been a shift. And so that's going to further, you know, occupy society, um, which is very different than, you know, older generations where things were a lot more, uh, just buttoned down and conservative. I mean, so Pluto and Aquarius is wildly progressive. Yeah. In, um, incredibly variating from tradition. It is. It is. It, we will. And we'll get that whole, whole fast forward. And, and yes, there'll be that catch up that some might <laughs> feel uh, unconnected. But there'll be others, there'll be groups to like swarm around, hopefully, and say, hey, here we go. Like, what was it that, and let's connect and let's learn more together. So thank you, Eric. There's it's good news ahead. And, and while we're living it, embodied, yes. Yes, thank you for, for having me. 
Oh, it's a treat. It's a treat. Yes. Maybe no, it's 2023. We'll see what happens there too. Okay. Yep. Right and thank you, everybody. We'll be with you again next week. Is with Kaleidoscope Visions, and this is with Pluto Aquarius Eric Myers at Soul Vision Consulting. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway. 